Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. On today's show, we're going to outline three potential threats that could impact your retirement savings this year, and we're going to offer some suggestions that can help soften that blow. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, gang. This is Cruising Through Retirement. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin Brooker is here, of course, as always. He is a fiduciary investment advisor representative, 30-plus years in the business, uh, an independent, and uh, so much more. Uh, hi, Kevin. What's going on? Hey, you know, well, we're enjoying this roller coaster ride of the stock market. Holy a good day in the desert. cow. It, is, uh, <laughs> it has been quite a week, a week that oh. was, so to speak. Yes, I, I'm looking forward to putting it in the rearview mirror. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a heck of a week, and uh, it's been a heck of a couple of weeks actually, a heck of a year a year to date, I should say, with the markets you know down double digits pretty much across the board. Uh, it's been uh, it, it's been rough out there, so you want to be really careful and make sure you understand what you own in the market, guys. And uh, you know, if you'd like a second opinion, just give me a call anytime. 800-975-6717. That's the number. So, I mean, let's go back to Monday. And uh, th- that was the day that everything just kind of was going down, 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 down. I know I looked at, and, and at one point, the Dow was down about a thousand points. Uh, that was around lunchtime for me. Yes. And, and then I looked at it again at the end of the day, and it was up a thousand points. I mean, what the heck? It's it, it's totally crazy. And what, what everybody should realize and what everybody should take note of is that's thank the algorithms. Okay. That's computer trading. That's automated trading. Okay. And I think something like 85% of the volume on the exchanges now is automated trading, which is done by computers. And uh, that's why we call, you know, say the, cite the algorithms all the time. And so what happens is the, the fund managers that are using them, we call, you know, a lot of them, they call them quantitative or quant managers, uh, which means they're simply looking at numbers. They're looking at support levels, resistance levels in terms of how something trades. It could be an index, could be a stock, Anything that trades, you can draw charts and diagrams and all that good stuff. Uh, and then you can come up with you know ideas about where is good support, where you should buy, where you should sell, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so what happens when you have this analysis take place, all the people that follow the same you know, technical analysis strategy, 
they're going to tend to use the same points in terms of buying or selling. In other words, you know, good support on the S&P right now, they're saying is in the 42, uh, what, 4280, I think it is. Um, and so all the analysts that use a particular target, right, what happens is they, they, they program that into their computers. And then when it, that price hits, the computers just fire off all the orders. All right. So what happens is you've got a cascading effect of people that are using, you know, their predetermined levels to buy or sell. They're using those predetermined levels to execute, you know, thousands and thousands, if not millions, millions of shares, who knows how many. But that's where all the volume comes from. And you see the volume spikes and you see these big, crazy moves. That's what's going on. It's a lot of program trading that's triggered off of the same or very similar, very close levels. And that's when we get the wild swings from one, one, one move to the other. Okay. I mean, that, <laughs> that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I guess I'm trying to it's, figure out if the algorithms, <laughs> I mean, if, that's a, if, that, if that is ultimately, I mean, I know we have no control over it, but, right, you know, I mean, right. when you say uh, they, it just triggers all of these, uh, these, these orders, I mean, yeah. I think back to, um, you know, you look, at the, you look at the pit, right, when and there's all these people yelling uh -huh. and screaming and hollering. So does that take right. away all the fun? Well, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you know, it, as for whether it's a good or a bad thing, I, 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 I'm going to say it doesn't matter because if you want to invest in the market, you just have to accept it because we can't change it. Um, but I think what, what the way that I look at it is just to remind yourself that just because, let's say Apple, just because it's down from its high and got hit over the last few days, it doesn't mean anything changed. It doesn't mean there's anything bad, anything, anything fundamental has changed. It simply means... That, that other traders or other investors um, are taking it down for any number of reasons. It doesn't necessarily mean, though, that it's a fundamental reason. So, so what I'm saying is just because you see something down doesn't mean you should, say, should be asking yourself whether you should sell it. You, you should ask yourself that. Do your research. Make sure you've got good, good uh, analysis in terms of why you own it. Uh, but, but when we see these crazy price swings, to me, the best thing a lot of times is do, do nothing. Don't get caught up in the hysteria either direction. And if you if you well, want to take advantage of these things, you need to build a cash position and have some cash on the sidelines so that when we do see these opportunities, which we're going to continue to see them. In other words, we're going to continue to see be riding this roller coaster, in my opinion, for at least the next several months. And, and, and so just remind yourself that the algorithms do control. There's a lot of money in play with those things. You've got a lot of large institutions that use those. And so your pension plans, your insurance companies, you know, they, they can be and the mutual funds, of course, you know, a lot of times uh, they're doing this, and especially at the end of a month, you know, because they'll do rebalancing at the end of the month or, you know, like when you have options expirations, you know, that can impact the markets. So a lot of things impact the market on a short term basis that really has nothing to do with the long term fundamental outlook of a company. Okay, well that makes sense. The and so you talked. I mean, you talk about Apple, and and so let's talk tech stocks for a minute. They seem to be uh, sort of on everyone's mind these days, and and they're for whatever reason, like you said, Apple has gone down. Is that is that? And you said, and it's not a fundamental reason why. No, in terms of Apple going down, I don't believe it's fundamental. I mean, no. you can. The, the one thing about the market, and, and, and you can always come up with a theory, right? And if you turn on any news channel, they're going to say, oh, it went down because of A, B, and C. The, but the fact is, nobody knows exactly why it went down unless you're able to get into the minds of every single individual that ran a trade and find out what their logic was, all right? So, it's, so it's, everybody's guessing. They're, they're trying to come up. They're trying to find the most logical reason, all right? And, I'm, and they're, what they're most likely going to say 
in terms of the tech stocks getting hit lately, it's, well, that's because interest rates have risen. And as interest rates rise, that makes the future cash flow of these companies less valuable. Therefore, their earnings, uh, the valuation is going to compress because their future cash flow is not as valuable as it was when interest rates were much lower. That's the answer that everybody will give you in terms of, in terms of you know, why the tech stocks have been getting hit. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, if you look back in history, you know, tech stocks have done very well when interest rates were rising. I think we went through this, I think it was 2015, the Fed was raising rates and, and maybe between 15 and 17, something like that. Um, and they raised rates several times and, and they did perfectly fine. So it's, it's not a direct, um, you know, don't draw a direct conclusion that it means you need to avoid tech stocks. What it means to me is that just be prepared for the volatility, find the ones that you like, and then and come up with a price, a price at which you think is a good value, a good price to own it. Um, and I would suggest staging into it. I don't, I, I kind of feel like some people that go in and just buy everything all at once, it almost feels arrogant to me. It's, it's like, you really think that you know the market that well, that, that you can put it all in at once. Cause I don't think anybody does. And, and so what I like to do, I like to go in stages, maybe buy a third here, you know, wait a couple of weeks, buy another third, wait a little longer and buy another third and kind of stage into it. I think that's a, the, a good way to do it. It can work both ways though, right? The market is a double-edged sword. So it, 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 you know, you might end up paying a higher price. You might end up buying some cheaper, you know, but you need, we all need to accept that this mark, that being in the stock market means you got you have to be prepared for the volatility. And if it makes you uncomfortable or anxious, then you probably have too much exposure to the stock market. And that is based on any number of things, I would guess, you know, age and how much money you've got yeah. saved, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, sure, you sure. know, so the one of the I read the story that and they use the term sector rotation. Does that make sense? to Yes, you? that makes total sense. In fact, I employ it sometimes. OK, um, yeah. Sector rotation, for instance, you know, last year, uh, you know, like consumer discretionary stocks, let's say in Amazon, uh, or that's not a great example of <laughs> because it had a lousy year last year, didn't do great. Uh, but consumer discretionary stocks have been doing well. Technology stocks are doing well. Um, and what we what what happens when we get into a rising rate environment, which was where we're we're we've come into in the last year, actually. Mm -hmm. um, you know, other things start to tend to do better. So, for instance, healthcare is an area that that a lot of folks are, are rotating into. Uh, a lot of people made a play in energy. You know, energy used to be something you everybody wanted to avoid, uh, but now it's now it's like the fashion of the day. So. Um, but it's come a long ways already, so be careful with it, because uh, energy is really not represented as a very big percentage in the S&P 500 index. Um, it's one of the smallest sectors. So, But sector rotation, they're trying to take advantage of a different economic environment to figure out which sectors of the market are going to benefit. So lately, it's been consumer staples and utilities because of, the, because of the drop that we've had. And when the markets get scared, they tend to go into bonds or preferred stocks or high dividend stocks. Um, or staples and utilities, which also, of course, pay, pay nice dividends in a lot of cases. Sure. So, and and so on that on that note, you know, the the what did you? I'm sorry, you called it the what you just called it. I'm sorry, I missed I missed what you called it. Um, the 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 goods or something. What? what? Uh, consumer discretionary. Con or yeah, or staples. So yeah, so yeah, that's it. Staples. Sorry. Okay. Staples. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Yeah. 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 The staples are things like grocery stores. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you could say a, you, you could say a CVS or a McDonald's. Okay. I would, I would put in the staples category. Some people question McDonald's and I, and I'm, I'm going to say, you know what, it's, it's a cheap place to go get food. And so I consider it a staple, like for instance, some of the stocks you might want to take a look at, 
are the are the places that sell things at cheaper prices, like Dollar Store or Dollar General. You know, mm-hmm. those might be worth taking a look at because if the economy slows down, you know that their business is probably going to pick up. And and now that's a big generalization, of course, but these are the types of companies that people will look for in a market that we think potentially could be slowing down. Um, and ter- I'm sorry, the economy could be slowing down. And that's also part of the reason, by the way, guys, for the volatility. Some people are, are, have already th- started throwing out that R word, recession. Sure. Well, people, I've read that some, too. Yes. Yeah. And and so some people are getting concerned about uh, about a possible recession that the Fed goes too far, right? Well, they haven't even started, bear in mind, they haven't even started raising interest rates yet. And we already have strategists and analysts say they might go too far <laughs> and, and, and put us into recession. So, you, you know, you've got all these scenarios playing out and, and a lot of these strategists have the ears of the big institutions that control a lot of money. And, and so you never know um, what to expect on a day-to-day basis. But guys, I want to tell you, I did a lot of research going back, um, going back 94 years, right? To okay. 1920, 1928. Okay. And let me, let me, let me get my notes back out here. All right. Uh, going back to 1928, um, the average intra-year drawdown on the stock market. So within the year, within the calendar year, the average drawdown is 17%. Okay. That's an average year. So when I say drawdown, I'm talking about from peak to trough. So the top of the top, the high, the 50, the, you know, the high for the year, and then the low, your maximum drawdown is peak to trough. Okay. Mm-hmm. So on an average year, guys, we've got a 17% drop. At any point in time, we could see a 17% drop. And if you go back over those 94 years, 59 of them had losses greater than 10%, okay? A little more than half. And 24 out of the 94 had losses greater than 20%. So roughly 25%, 30% of the time, the market's going to lose about a fifth of its value, all right? Those are the averages, all right? So what we had last year in 2021, that was an aberration. That was abnormal. That was not a normal year. We didn't even have a 5% drop last year. That was abnormal. What we're seeing now is normal. Okay, that's really how everybody, in my opinion, needs to consider the stock market as a place that is normal to see these things. But but what we mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, Steve, we were talking about a lot of the new investors that have come into the market. Yes. And, and so anybody that's come in the market since, let's say, 2019, they've never really had a bear market. They haven't really even had a, a, an extended period of time where they saw a correction. So one thing I am concerned about, there's probably at least 20 million investors, I would say, have come on board in the last couple of years. And I'm just thinking about Robinhood. Um, now, granted, a lot of them don't, a lot of these accounts are really small, like in the hundreds of dollars, not thousands. Um, you know, so they don't carry necessarily a lot of weight, uh, but not everybody has that small account. And, and so one thing I do think about is how are these new investors going to react to, to a lousy tape, you know, to the stock market going down like we're seeing now. And so I think that's another element that, that we haven't considered too much. And, I'm, and if I'm not mistaken, I think the market's doubled just going back, uh, going back those last, you know, 19, 20, between 1920 and 21. So, so that's, um, and I think the last time the market grew hundred percent in three years was the end of the nineties. So, and then what happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, that's, that's where I was going. So, um, you know, these are parallels, right? It doesn't mean it's going to turn out the same way. Right. Right. Um, you know, the valuation, I remember, you know, I was in the market in the nineties and, and I started in 1990 and the 90s were a fantastic decade. No question about it. Um, But there were a lot of stocks that just got to insane valuations. And I'm going to say a lot of them got crazy valuations here last year. A lot of these companies that had that have no earnings, like like we talked about Peloton a few times. Yes. uh, You you know, and they've gotten absolutely crushed. 
So the stocks that have no val- that don't really have any earnings that are just trading at, at at you know like a hundred times sales or something ridiculous, those are the ones you, I would hope you've already gotten out of. Um, they they are probably going to have a very very hard time, you know, in this type of market environment. And again, as as we start looking at all of this, if if we're getting close to retirement, what do we need to be worried about? I mean, do we need to be worried about anything? And I know I'm sort of I already kind of know the answer because I know with your clients, they've got money that's safe right now that they need right now, and it's not in the market. You know, right. the money in the market that's down the line. That's that's ten five. That's five to ten years from now. Correct, and that that's that's for sure. That's exactly what it is. And pardon me, I think. I think that it's important to put it in perspective uh, and, and to remember that, that you should only, and you sh- in my view, you should only have long-term money in the stock market. Because like I talked about a minute ago with these corrections and the average year seeing a drop of 17%, and, and it, I'm not saying it's down 17%, right. but, it, but it, at one point during the year, it's, it's normal to see it down 17% from its high. And so uh, you want to be cognizant of that. And, and what I like to start off with uh, for anybody that's getting close to retirement or going into retirement, the first thing, like I've talked, we've talked about many times before, is uh, you know we're going to go over your balance sheet, your assets, your liabilities. We're going to go over your income statement, everything coming in, everything going out, and we're going to figure out how much money you need to survive and to live and to do the things you want to do in retirement. And then we want to make sure that income is guaranteed. Is my preference, and so that once we have all of the bases covered in terms of income, with income that's lifetime income. So you know you've got everything covered. You've got your essential and your discretionary expenses covered with guaranteed income. Uh, then you, and, you, and in addition, we have an emergency fund set up, right? Mm-hmm. Could be six months of expenses. For retirees, I like to use actually more, more like a year of expenses. Um, people that are still working and still have a paycheck coming in, in my opinion, can get by with having a smaller emergency fund uh, because you have cash flow coming in all the time. Uh, but if you're retired, you might want to have more. And that's, that's what I like to do. Uh, but my point I'm getting at is the money that we have in the stock market is discretionary. So if you lose it, it should not impact your standard of living. It should not cause any problem with you paying your bills or doing what you want to do. And and uh, I think that's the most important thing that people can do is make sure everything else is covered, everything is taken care of. And then if you do see the market take a hit, it's okay. You can write it out and leave it in there until the market does come back. Because we know over time, so far, it's always come back and went on to new highs. And those are the kinds of things that it's it's easy to lose track of that. It's easy to lose sight of that because, well, because we're human and we look at, and we have emotions because it's our yeah. money. And yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, again, so we start to see things. That's when, when everything goes red. That's when we said, oh, we should sell, sell, sell. And really, you shouldn't be doing that at all. No, no. In fact, you want to fight that emotion. You really do want to fight it. And and, and if possible, take the emotion out of the stock market if you can. I'll tell you, the the... You know, one thing with, with regard to uh, emotion, a lot of times it gets the best of you. Emotion is great in relationships, okay? That's where it belongs. Not in terms of, an, it's not a good thing for investing. Because, I like that analogy. You know, you know it's, it's, something, it's something, I don't know who said it. Was it Warren Buffett or somebody else that said, you know, the time to be greedy is when others are fearful and the time to be fearful is when others are greedy. And, and so he's saying, go against the flow, right? Go against the tide. And so that means, like for instance, what I'm doing, as this market goes down, I've got I've got uh, a list of companies that I want to own, a list of investments I want to own, and I'm putting in limits to try to buy them at cheaper prices. And you know, for instance, on, if you're an index buyer, you know I think a good way to handle it is every five percent down, add more money to your holding. All right, and if you if you have the capability, if we're at, if we're down, let's say twenty percent, try to add even more. Okay, and and that's to me the better way to handle it. 
um, in, in terms of taking advantage of these drawdowns. And if you can get yourself to feel comfortable with it, you're going to actually enjoy it a little bit more when the markets do drop because you know, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like an appetizer. You know, you're you're getting ready for the meal. You're getting ready to step in mm-hmm. and take advantage of the weakness. That's how you want it. That's how you want to do it. Selling when the market is down is is generally generally a really bad move. But that's where you come in, Kevin, because you do take that emotion out of it. You you look at things very differently. And again, that's why I think because of your experience, because you've been through this a time or two, you've you've worked with, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of clients over the years. And and so, I mean, again, that that's something. And plus, you you know, in your early career, you were you were active. I mean, doing I mean, you know, you were you were out there. Right. Oh, yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, but those—that's the kind of thing that that you really need someone like you that can take care of our money. Oh, you know what? I I appreciate that, Steve. And that's exactly that's exactly what I'm here for. I've been doing this for since 1990, thirty actually thirty two years now. Um, and 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 so you know when you you when you've been around the block, when you've gone through different market cycles, you've been through different environments, all sorts of different presidential administrations, central bank heads, and so on. You know. You, you develop you, you develop a sense for the market in my in my view, and 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 the the knowledge and the experience are are very valuable, um, and and that's really I think an advantage of working with somebody that's been in the market for a long time is that you can tap into that experience and you get the benefit of of their career if you will, and and I think that um, what's important is that you find somebody that you're comfortable working with that you feel like you could have a long term relationship with. You know, I'm personally, I'm not interested in, in, in one trade or one investment. Uh, I'm looking to have and hoping to have a long-term relationship with my clients because I feel that's how I can do the best job for them. If I know them really well, then, then, I, then I understand their objectives. I understand their risk tolerance and all these things. I know their goals. And, and I believe that's the most successful way you can meet. You have a chance of meeting those goals is by having a good relationship with your advisors so that everybody has a good understanding exactly of what you like and what you don't like. Um, and, and that's how I believe you can you can achieve those overall long term objectives. Well, as you've said many times, Kevin, that you've got clients that have been with you for darn near thirty three years or thirty two years. Yeah, I mean, and and so that says that speaks volumes. And you're also dealing with next generation of those same clients, aren't you? Yeah, yes, I, I am. As a matter of fact, and I appreciate you bringing that up because a, a lot of my clients have referred their kids to me, um, and and so they're they're you know the, the the kids are working with me and they've got their investments with me as well. And, and I take a lot of pride in that. And guys, I've, and I've got testimonials, guys, I'm happy to share. Uh, just started getting uh, Google reviews out there. So, you know, any advisor you're thinking about working with, you know, ask them for testimonials, ask her about her Google reviews, find out if they have somebody, if they have a client that will talk to you in a private one-on-one conversation where you can pick their brain and find out what it's been like working with that advisor. All right. And if they don't have somebody like that, then just give me a call because I do. All right. I've got a client that, you know, that is offered to talk to anybody that would like to talk to him. He's been a client of mine for 11 years, ever since I moved to Arizona. And, um, and so I think that's, that will give you very good insight as to what it's like. And, and I think that's a way to, in my opinion, I'm separating myself and I can, and any advisor can separate themselves from the herd by having clients that are willing to do that. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and I think it's a great way for, for somebody that's looking for an advisor to, to, to uh, get an idea of what it's like, you know, talk by talking to one of their clients privately. Well, and especially, you know, talking to someone like that would be fantastic. And plus, especially if you're in that financial red zone, if you're five, 10 years before retirement, you're about to make that transition from a lifetime of saving to retirement where you get to spend that saving. You yes. understand that better than most. 
I tell I tell you what, that's been that's really my bread and butter. I I focus on people like you mentioned in the red zone, the retirement red zone, um, and 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 then through retirement. You know, most of my clients are actually already retired. Um, you know, a lot of them, a lot of folks that I'm working with are within that five or ten year window, and and that's exactly when it's very important that you know exactly what you need. You know, how much do you need to save? How much are you? How much are your? You know, what's your income going to look like in retirement? What are your expenses going to look like? And we don't. You know, I know a lot of people haven't taken taken the time to actually run the numbers, but you really should. And and if you don't want to take the time, if it's not something you enjoy doing, then you need to find an advisor that you can work with. Okay, find an advisor that you can work with, that you trust, that's got experience, that can help you through these things and help you figure out which are the investments you should look at versus the ones that you should avoid. Okay, and you can't trust the newspapers and the media. These people are writers. They're not financial. Mostly, most of them are not financial advisors. They're writers. They're reporters. And, and so a lot of times they just write whatever story from whatever, whatever source they have, and it, and it could be spinning somebody's agenda. Okay. So to me, you know, like for instance, we're talking about inflation, we're talking about, you know, a lousy, uh, a possibly lousy market, which, you know, nobody should be surprised after a 25% gain that we saw last year. I don't think anybody should, would be surprised if the market, let's say it was down 10 or 15% this year. Sure. Of course. Okay. And, and that's what you should be prepared for if you don't want to go through that experience. Then we should talk about ways you can protect the money. And one of the ways you can protect your money is through an index annuity. And I'm going to tell you right now, no, they are not all good. Okay. But at the same time, they're not all bad, folks. They're really not. And I'd be happy to show you some of these. Um, you know, a lot of my clients have averaged six, seven, and 8% returns over the last decade inside of these index annuities uh, without any risk of a loss. Okay, so they go up and they do well in a good market environment, but in a bad market environment, they won't lose a dime. Zero's right? your hero. Right, exactly. Zero's your hero. And and I mean, you know, so in other words, if the market's down 20% and and, and your account stays, you put in 100,000, it stays 100,000 if the market's down. And that's what that's what Steve means by the zero's your hero. So you didn't you didn't make anything, but you know what? You didn't lose a penny. So and important. That's what, that's what we're trying to avoid is losses in retirement. Absolutely. 800-975-6717. If we've piqued your interest, folks, give Kevin a call or visit silverleaffinancial.com. Silverleaffinancial.com is the website. You can reach out to Kevin right there as well. And before yes. we uh, before we call it done, uh, we were going to talk a little bit about uh, pure growth. Uh, you know, yeah. has has it been as tumultuous for you in, in pure growth as the market overall? It's... You know what? I'm really happy to say it has not. Oh, good, um, good, good, good. You, you know, and and I'd be lying if I said sometimes I, I don't think about it and I say, all right, I need to look at all my, you know, I need to check everything. Where's it at? And and see where all my whole how they're doing. Um, and so what Steve's talking about is a uh, this is a concentrated growth portfolio that is a hundred percent. It's all stocks. There are no bonds. There's nothing conservative about this account. Is the first thing. What I'm trying to do is demonstrate that I've got a, that that I've got a successful method for choosing stocks. And I can buy them at the right time. All right. And so my win rate is about 65%, which means I'm wrong about one time out of three. Um, but so far, two times out of three, you know, we, we've, we've been doing well. And for 2021, we finished with a gain of just over 35% net. Uh, so far this year through the close today, we're down just under 3%. Uh, where the S&P the is down roughly 10. NASDAQ, I think, is 16, 17% down. Uh, I don't know the exact number on that. Mm -hmm. But... But suffice it to say, you know, uh, in stock market terms, we're, we're, we're beating the market by several percentage points. And, um, and, I, and I think it's because, well, one, I do a lot of research on these companies and, I, and, I'm, 
anyone that might've listened before, you might know that this is a rules-based portfolio. So we were talking about emotions earlier and taking emotions out of the investing decision uh, because early in my career, that was one of the hardest things for me to, to do is to take the emotion out of it. And, and I mean, we're human, right? So it's hard to of do. Course. But if you can come up with a strategy, use a strategy that, that tells you what to buy and when to buy it based on pre-established rules that successful, very, very successful investors have used in the past, to me, that seems like a very high probability you know, decision. In other words, what I did was uh, I used research that's going back 20 years that demonstrates returns of 25% a year, okay? And this is, these were back-tested, back-tested. And, and so what I did is I went and I said, uh, I'm going to take it live. And I took it live in July uh, of 20 and um, for a few clients and I started managing it. And these are 100% uh, uh, stocks, uh, but it's concentrated. It's generally between five and 10 stocks. This is not something that's well diversified. It's concentrated. Uh, and, and again, what I'm trying to show is a successful way of choosing stocks. And the idea behind it is that we could, you could put small amounts of money into this, you know, a small piece of a portfolio, but it's not designed to be your portfolio. Um, it's designed to be a small piece of it. And then to use the same research, that's how I choose stocks to add to somebody's portfolio. So for instance, I've got some clients that are conservative, they're older, they're 80, 85% of their brokerage account is conservative, but the other 15%, I, I buy stocks. So in this case, I do it's a million dollar account. So I do a $10,000 position in 15 different stocks, okay? So they've got the 15 stocks represents 15% of their portfolio, 85% of it's conservative, all right? But I use that to say, to do what I say, I'm adding, I'm gonna add some horsepower to the account. You know, we're gonna turbocharge that account. Oh yeah. And, and that's that's how we can do it. Don't th It doesn't have to be, you know, the majority of the account or even any of the account. It's not for everybody. Um, but for those investors looking for, for added growth, I think it's a great way to do it. And, and, you know, again, it's like you said, it's there's not a lot of diversification, but that's by design. You were you were telling me earlier about how, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll you'll your method for picking stocks has very little to do with what the stock actually is. Correct. <laughs> yes, that, that's one hundred percent correct. Okay, um, but I mean, it's, yeah, but it's based on other other information that you have. That I mean, that that you do the research, and the research it, isn't necessarily to you know what the company does, but it's it's how it performs. It's how it performs, and and really what I'm doing because a lot of the metrics when I talk about the rules, you know, the rules that I'm using, a lot of them are fundamental and are fundamental. So you know, it's based on earnings, based on revenue, based on you know market share. Um, it could be it could you could use insider activity. Um, you know, but I'm using fundamental, fundamental reasons. Those are what I put in my computer. And then we screen, you know, you run these stock screens to find every company, let, let's say their earnings has grown over 20% a year or something, um, as a hypo, as an example. Sure. And then it'll, it'll spit out and it'll show you all of those stocks. And then you can make up more and more of these screens. And eventually, you know, if you've got 10 or 15 lines or however many different screens you have, you know, rules, in other words, then it's going to, that narrows down the list. And then eventually what you wind up having is a list of just you know maybe ten stocks where the every one of them checks off every one of the rules that you want it uh, every one of the parameters you want it to meet, and so that's how I find stocks. It doesn't have really anything to do with it. Might sound crazy. Doesn't have to do with the description of their business. Yeah, okay? I like that. But I mean it, that, that that to me makes sense. That I mean that's looking at things differently. That's looking at things with a new set of eyes. It, I, I, you know what, it's, that's, that's the way I've been choosing the stocks. And so far it's, it's working out beautifully. Um, you know, that's the portfolio that I said is down like through today, you know, we're, we're off about 3% for the year. 
Um, but guys, that is several percentage points better than the S and P. Exactly, and it's and it's far far better than Nasdaq or this. Small caps are down twenty percent for the year. So and the year's um, barely started. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, we're not even through the month yet, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, so, so I, I I think if you're you know if you're looking for something like that, by all means, I'm happy to help and help you to point out one of them that I pointed out. You know, I mentioned a few of the stocks that we've that we've uh, gotten involved with in the past. Sure. I mentioned I mentioned Zim, the symbol is Z I M. A couple of weeks ago, I said to buy it at 56. Right now, it's just under 62. Okay, this is in the last two or three weeks, guys. This is this year, right? When the market's going down, all right. That's what I'm referring to: is stocks like this that go against the tide. And like today, if you look at it today, uh, it was up 3.62 percent, right, for the day. And and again, the market was down, right? Yeah. Nasdaq, I think Nasdaq was down pretty hard actually. So this happens to be in the shipping in the shipping space. Um, but it's, it's, uh, got a very good value. I mean, the PE on this thing is less than five. Okay. It's got a very low valuation and it's got a beautiful dividend. Um, you know, so this is, this is one that I like, but it is, it is a volatile stock. You know, it, it, um, one of the measurements we use in the stock market is called beta and, and a beta of 1.00 is equal to the S and P 500. So in other words, it goes up and down just as much as the S and P 500, if it has a beta of one. So if it has a beta of two, it means it goes up and down twice as much as the S&P, all right? And a lot of the stocks that I get involved with have high beta, are high beta. So in other words, they swing around quite a bit, all right? So um, you want to be aware of that ahead of time, you know, and um, so you know exactly what to expect. But this is, a, this is an example of something, another one that we've done really well. For instance, Apache. Apache, the symbol is APA. They're in the oil and energy space. Uh, take a look at that one. It's done fantastic lately, um, you, know, you know, and so... So I think if you if you have the ability to find these stocks, then congratulations, more power to you. But if you don't, maybe give me a call and I can tell you a little bit more about it. 800-975-6717. If you're interested, folks, 800-975-6717. Or you can visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Silverleaffinancial.com. Learn about Kevin, what he does, and, and uh, you know, have that conversation. And, boy, Kevin, this <laughs> these shows go by so quickly, but the information's great. I love it. Um, oh, because, uh, you know, to, to really sort of track things and and to get your experience and 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 just your insight is really invaluable for folks uh you know what steve i really appreciate that guys and i hope you i hope you found that entertaining and valuable information as well and uh, by all means please check out the website silverleaffinancial.com we put up new resources all the times we have we have videos we've got all the radio all the podcasts are up there uh and we've got ira blogs a lot of information that can help you uh find the answers you're looking for provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.